Hi everyone and welcome to Common Thread. I'm Nana, a Ghanaian Nigerian with a passion for words and moving images. And I'm Yamini, an Indian with a deep interest for all things at the intersection of pop culture and social justice. Hey Yams, um, it's been not quite a week, but a couple <laughs> days, hours, yeah. <laughs> um, since we're recording on a slightly different schedule. But yeah, um, how are you doing and how have you been taking care, most importantly? Uh, so yeah, you're right. We've, uh, I like that we're being honest about the fact that our, our schedule has changed a little bit this week. So then I don't have to like pretend that this was something I did in a week that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Um, so I'm going to do a little bit of repetition today. But for me, uh, this week has been all about being consistent uh, about going swimming. And uh, this is, I think, an example of something that the pandemic, at least thus far, seems to have changed for me, like just tying it in to uh, our previous episode where uh, that was something swimming was something I thought I was wasn't going to be able to do for you know two or three years and I used to swim very regularly growing up like that was my main sport so I used to swim something like four hours a day I, you know it was a, and then I went to college and I kind of gave it up almost completely I would only do it on occasionally or if I was on holiday and you know was going somewhere where we were at the sea or something like that and so when swimming pools reopened here um, because uh, just uh, in case anyone's wondering, the WHO has said that like the, tra the virus can't transmit in water or there's no evidence that it transmits in water. So the reason pools were shut down was actually the same reason that other places were shut down is that they're very, very crowded. So mm -hmm. what they've done is that they've limited the number of people who can be in a pool at the same time. And if you are a swimmer, that is the actual dream because it means that there's no obstacle course of like trying to get from one end of the pool to the other and you have <clears throat> a lane to yourself. And because I am not following a normal workday schedule, I'm being able to go at a time when the pool is empty. So it's been fab fantastic. And I have pushed myself to do it as many days a, a week as I can. So I'm like doing it four to five times a week. And it has just been just wonderful because it's one of those it's one of those sports that is very much um, like riding a bike where if you ha even if you haven't done it for however many years, muscle memory is one of the most interesting things I've ever come across in terms of like when it comes to sports and things like that, because it doesn't matter what my fitness level is. Somehow when I get into the water, it, it feels pretty much the same. I mean, I'm definitely slower or faster depending on my where I'm at in terms of health. Um, but yeah, so I have just been really enjoying the cold waters. Also, summer is now here. So like the nice mm -hmm. cold water in this weather has just been idyllic, I have to say. Um, how about you? How's it been for you? I have to say with both of those analogies, I cannot do either of those things, swim <laughs> or ride a bike. So I'm just like, <laughs> it sounds about right, but I cannot oh relate. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> I was supposed to teach you how to swim. This was like a whole uh, conversation at college, right? Yeah, but I will yeah. learn at some point eventually. Yeah. I've always had an excuse. Um, but yeah, one day. Um, how have I, I've been, I've been okay. I mean, like I said, it's, um, a more difficult week slash weeks. Um, one of the things that I've done recently is turning off video for Zoom calls, um, which is something that's quite uncharacteristic. I've 
I've always been someone who as much as possible would leave my video on just because. Um, but this week I've been feeling like I needed more breaks. And so even if I'm listening and even if I'm going to contribute, I realized that I have turned off my video more when I needed to. Um, and that has been nice. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's taken off a lot of the pressure of having to be in meetings um, for me. So yeah, that's something I've done and will probably do more of in the in the weeks to come as and when I need it. That's yeah, I think that's great. I, I I agree with you completely. I think it maybe it's the presentational aspect of it because you're not just um, you know, putting in effort in terms of like what you're saying or how you're contributing to a meeting or a conversation, but it's also about how you're presenting yourself which I guess we don't even realize how exhausting that can be because you you have to sit up and you have to be dressed a certain way and you have to kind of be conscious about how you respond to something someone else is saying. And yeah. I take great comfort in turning my video off in online classes. And if I feel the need to roll my eyes at something someone said, I just can. <laughs> it's, I think there's, there's something <laughs> to be said for that. Or even just gen genuinely being uh, under the covers when you're, you know, you have an early yeah. morning class or... Yeah, yeah, I think also maybe another alternative was if we just normalized because we're all at home, but we all still right. act like we're in the classroom. So for videos, we're all still kind of sitting down at a desk and just staring at the computer. I think Absolutely. if we normalized like we're at home and we're paying attention, but we may also be doing other things. So if you could have somebody, I don't know, like doing laundry or making lunch or loading the dishwasher but still listening um then maybe also there would be less of the like you said performing um because it's definitely a a specific kind of self-presentation we're doing right um or if we could also just be taking a walk i don't know but there are many ways to pay attention and engage in a class and since we're not all physically in the same space i would like if we were open to like some of the other ways of being together definitely online. that's yeah i mean that is how people listen to podcasts as well right is that you're yeah. you know, you're doing the dishes or you're making your bed and it's also how um you facetime with a lot of friends right is that you're doing something else and you know you just need to you want you want to talk at the same time and it's like well yeah. i'm packing to go somewhere why don't i just call you while i'm packing and um, in those cases we don't like doubts that people are paying attention or actively absolutely listening. so yeah yeah um, yeah, so well, that's a great, actually a great, for like a very natural and great segue uh, to our main topic uh, for today. And that is the, um, the ever popular buzzword, uh, especially for us millennials, I'm sure is what Gen Z would say, uh, is, uh, and the, our topic is self-care. So we've talked, this is something we've talked about a lot, because there are many aspects to it. There are many different ways of looking at it, be it historically, be it socially, be it um, just in terms of pop culture, be it from different cultural perspectives. Um, we've also talked about it with great fun when we see some really, really ridiculous stuff, uh, maybe referencing a particular <laughs> particular lifestyle brand and which we will, I'm not going <laughs> to, we won't really get into that today because we're definitely, definitely going to be doing an episode on that at some point. Um, so... Yeah, so what, you know, when did you first come across this term? I don't know. I mean, I have a specific, not a specific, but a general idea of when I became conscious of this term. And, mm -hmm. you know, what does self-care mean to you? 
Okay, I think it's definitely shifted for me now versus when I first heard of it. It's hard to trace a definite like when I first heard of it, but um, it was definitely like majorly on my radar around like 2013, 14, 15 time. And I think then it was like a very different thing um, because then I had more first, I was kind of swept over by it. So there were like specific things that people would do as hashtag self-care and it would include i don't know like going to get a massage you're going to do like a very intense like salt soak something or eating some like i don't know quinoa and kale whatever it was like very specific trendy things that you did as self-care um and i was initially swept up in it and trying to do those things um and then it gradually just became a lot of pressure and then I suspect when we talked about it, we had also discussed kind of, it was also a specific demographic that was doing a lot of this like wellness and self-care kind of thing, which is mostly like white women. Um, and so then it also started to feel exclusionary in a certain way um, in terms of self-care being something that specific people can access and specific others are either excluded for or like constantly failures in. Um, so then I think I kind of took a step away from it. And lately, though, self-care, I would say, has become something that's a lot more ordinary and a lot more doable. Um, yeah. And so now, like, I will have some conversations with my therapist and even just like, I don't know, drinking water or tea or like doing a 15 minute dance that I like or just like anything, basically making my bed can be self-care. Um, and that's been a more approachable way to look at it, that just like doing things for myself, yeah, is self-care. Um, so it's kind of, it's been a long trajectory, but I'm happy with where it's landed on. What would you say for you? When was your first time encountering it? And, and what does it mean to you now? Yeah, I think uh, we're again absolutely aligned, which has so much to do with the similarities of our trajectories as young adults that I became aware of it around the exact same time, which was 13, 14, 15, which was, of course, when we were doing our undergrad. And it was a very big buzzword that was particularly big in the US. Um, and uh, exactly the same thing. It was like massages. And a lot of it had to do with I don't know why, but I have this image of nail polish, like something about getting mm. your nails done or it was a lot of, um, you know, very specific one time kind of like I went and I did this and it was very literal and I did it specifically for myself. Um, and it came across, I think it was the way it's really interesting. And maybe I don't know if maybe you had the same experience, but where you come from not necessarily a background but rather a cultural idea of you know really really like what you're supposed to be doing with your life is working very hard and of course you're supposed to be having fun but kind of like having fun in an incredibly guilt-free way at a time when you're supposed to be working very hard I felt like that kind of was like a weird outlet for that where it's like oh this is self-care and therefore it's okay for me Whereas, in fact, if I think about like how we all grew up, you would just have fun because you need to have fun, you know. So I think it, it was it was at that point in our lives where we were in these very high pressured um, environments. And I think we were carrying certain ideas about how we were supposed to be 
seizing that opportunity in terms of how hard we were supposed to be working, etc. Like you know, product, you know, how productive we were supposed to be. You could kind of do these things, but a lot of the stuff that people were kind of terming self care did not sound fun to me. Like none of those, <laughs> which which by the way, having fun is also a form of self care. Like I like you know having a salad as is a recurring theme on this podcast. Having a salad is really really not my idea of fun. Um, and yeah, it's supposed to be good for your body or whatever else. But you know, the, the, it was a lot of it was uh, performative. A lot of it was. Uh, to do with physicality, yeah, um, and the yeah, and the only time that it seemed anything beyond physicality was things again that I don't enjoy or don't you know wouldn't necessarily look forward to, which would be things like meditation and stuff like that, which was more kind of you know spiritual or you know going and exercising. And it's like yeah, I mean, exercise. We all know it's good for you, but very often you don't enjoy the process, especially if you're if you haven't been exercising consistently and you know like who enjoys you know i mean there are people who enjoy going to the gym but it was it was more that so i had like this very strange kind of understanding of it and um and i was also very aware that um and initially it's like it's a buzzword that you're like oh i don't know anything about it and you're kind of like getting on board and now i have more of a I have my own opinions about it and ideas about it and I can be critical and I mean constructively critical about what I think is or isn't self-care and also completely aware that this term doesn't exist in that way for the vast majority of people like it is a very yeah. specific subgroup uh generational and otherwise that have access to that term self-care and use it read it engage with it uh in that sense and i think yeah. that what we are talking about is like we have this definition of self care which probably that probably extends through the through centuries and history if we if we want to talk about it in terms of, in the ways in which we understand it uh, but the buzzword self care is like i think a very different animal um yeah. no so, i definitely yeah. agree with you in terms of um there was this yeah there was this early manifestation of it back in those days that was very one consumerist so people would go and do these like really niche treatments somewhere um two there was yeah the sense of indulge indulgence as in like yeah normally you're working and this is a, a beautiful thing and it was also very moralizing um in that it was so sensational that you were doing this self-care thing because normally like you shouldn't be doing it or other things were right but here was this yeah. moment and this snatch in time where it's okay to take care of yourself because self-care um but i wanted to hear more you said now that you you have like more critical definitions of what it means for you so what would you say now that you identify as self-care if you still use the word do you still yeah. use the word um i don't i actually ne i just always just like sh like stayed away from it i would use it ironically i'm sure um and in mm -hmm. my head i probably there are things that i identify but i i like things that you know um i think taking responsibility for yourself is a term that i think i use or a phrase that i use more even though it sounds very sanctimonious especially the way i just said it but i mean it's it's it, it it's a kind of perspective on it that's it's not always fun and it's not always um it's also not things that seem fun um but then it could also be really fun things if that makes sense so like? for me yeah so for me 
it means it does mean that I have to, you know, exercise regularly because I do need to look after myself and it's not fun. And a lot of times I don't enjoy it. Like it's, it's nice that I'm being able to swim right now. But if I was having to, you know, go to a gym or walk or like figure out something because I didn't have access to a swimming pool, which has which will and, and has happened to me at many points in life. It's it's really like it's hard for me to get up and go do those things. And very often, if I was kind of left to my own, own uh, devices, I wouldn't. But I do think that that's a big part of taking care of yourself. And then there are other things that, um, you know, uh, about kind of like just I think a huge aspect of that in, in my life or in our generation, I don't know if you would agree, is creating a routine for yourself has been, it is so difficult, but it is such an important thing to do. And that doesn't mean that you don't live a spontaneous existence or you don't do exactly what you want to do because you're now an adult and can kind of do that. But having some sort of like focus and rhythm to your day, um, I think is, you know, a really important part of that. So I think those, yeah. And kind of like being aware of things that, you know, for so many years, your parents or whoever were your whoever was the roof above your head basically whoever was above you in your life or like was the were the people that helped raise you or you know whoever you looked up to so to speak a lot of the things that you kind of just didn't even know was happening behind the scenes that that takes to that it takes for a person to kind of live a full functioning life taking response slowly taking responsibility for those things or being aware of it and being accountable for it and so I think that that is actually a huge part of self-care that we actually sometimes term adulting. In fact, like going back to our earlier episode. And I think those two things are not necessarily so distinct and different. And self-care doesn't always have to be this thing that um, seems relaxing and fun, but also to me is not relaxing and fun. Um, it's, you know, like manicures or... Uh, going for a massage and those things it's not that they're not self-care but a they're not fun for everyone and they're they're not self-care because they're easy to package and there are things that you can kind of put up the hashtag up and you know there are things that you can have there are coupons which will be self-care etc etc but um going for a massage is probably a great idea if you've been hunched over a desk for however many hours in the day and you can afford to do that and mm-hmm. you really do enjoy it um, and um, a manicure is a form of self-care if it means that, you know, it's just like, apart from how lovely your hands look, which have been kind of, you know, maybe cooking for, you know, tw- like 20 days straight and you have, whatever it is you do, like maybe you, you're an artist or you're a potter and you're constantly working with your hands and they need to be looked after. Barring that, I mean, you can get a manicure even if you don't do any of those things. But it might just be that it gives you 30 minutes to just literally sit and do nothing, including scroll you know, up and on your phone because your hands are occupied and, you know, you can kind of just sit still. So I think it's a more, um, I don't know, that's kind of like how I view it now. And it can also be a lot of difficult things that, um, that you don't, you actually don't want to do. Like, for example, like giving the example of exercise for a lot of people, it is uh, therapy. Uh, For me, something that I actually hate doing is getting a blood test and seeing where I'm at because I have to be careful about a lot of specific health things and I I like to bury my head in the sand like I really really struggle to regularly check up on my on my health and specifically I mean just getting a blood test and checking certain levels 
so I think it's all of those things and to me the reason I also view it that way is it's a much more inclusive way of looking at a term which has kind of taken on this like pop culture kind of like do you know what self-care is you know that it's everyone has practiced it everyone it's it's basically taking responsibility for yourself as well so that's yeah. that's where I'm at on the term I love that I I love the idea of like responsibility and work and effort because I think it also like like you said takes the focus away from it just being frivolous things that you go out and do and frivolous things are amazing also not to um detract from them um but I love the sense of just also acknowledging that some things that are good for you are not always pleasant in the beginning um but you do them because they're pleasant after like with exercise um there are some forms that I like and some forms that I don't, but regardless of the form, like the endorphins are always great. Um, so I love the idea of thinking about self-care in that way or about care in that way. Um, I was thinking also just the idea of taking the self away from it. And maybe this is not necessarily the intention, um, but that it, that it makes it very focused on the individual um, and it makes like self-care a thing that then is very selfish. Um, whereas I feel like just leaving it as care, because in the beginning of this podcast, we always start with kind of how are you taking care, um, that leaves the possibility that we're doing things for ourselves, but it doesn't like, I don't know, preclude the chance that we might also be doing things that are like good in community and for other people as well. Absolutely. And I think, I don't know if I shared this. I think I must have. I, I vaguely remember us having a conversation about this, but I saw this tweet that had been um, w- that had been shared on Instagram, and it was it was this person tweeting about. I think it was. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, it was talking about how the idea that we've been sold about self love and how you can't love someone else until you love yourself. And then that, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Lizzo who in one of her songs um, flips that on its head and says, because you have the capacity to love and care for other people, that naturally extends to you as well. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, I must, I'm going to find it and we're, we're going to share it. Um, uh, I hope we can share it on Instagram. And if I find, maybe if I can find it now, I can, you know, uh, send that, you know, read it out to you. But it was, it was, uh, and, and the person who was tweeting this was like, this is a radical concept and a radical idea. And it's, you know, and I think she, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, uh, they termed it as um, a lesson in grace where mm. it was, you know, you people, some, you, it, it can be very difficult to quote unquote, love yourself or self-love. Again, another very much a buzz, buzz term and a buzzword and, it has all of these, you know, very strange meanings that have come up through pop culture um, and consumerism and celebrity culture. But it was that we actually, most of us, all, like everyone loves somebody else and finds it easy to love other people. And that extending that capacity inwards, because you can love other people, you can love yourself as well. And I think mm-hmm. that ties into the idea of what you're saying about care is also care towards your community and how you can... Uh, nourish yourself by you know just generally taking care not just of you can take care of things around you as well and that that, that doesn't mean that you're neglecting yourself it could be you know for yourself as well it's like it's, it's, a, it's a complicated 
idea, but I love the community aspect of it that you brought in. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, I mean, I love that too. I'm thinking about the ways in which, yeah, self-care has changed a lot now. Um, I try to do like a quick Google of like ways for self-care now, and I'm seeing it divided into like physical, social, mental, spiritual, emotional, etc. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's become a much more helpful concept now. Yeah, and more all-encompassing. It's also become a thing where now people will literally say anything and say that it was a form of self-care because uh, you also, I think, can get away with a lot of things because you you label them that way. Whereas my point is, why do you want to get away with anything? I mean, if you want to do something and you enjoy it, just you shouldn't just have to... It. Yeah, just do it. You, do, uh, you shouldn't have to feel like you can't or that that's like something that you're going to have to make some sort of an excuse for or um you know validate in some way so that when people see the hashtag self care they're like oh we're not gonna touch that because they're doing this for themselves yeah i like that yeah um yeah i don't know <laughs> what well are I, you i have oh, a question ahead. if you're okay yeah. um so we talked about this briefly but what do you think would, okay, let's put it this way. How do you think, say, maybe a grandparent, um, a, like, you know, a grandparent would uh, understand or how do you think they would have practiced self-care? Because it really, people, I think, think it's like a very new recent term. And the term is new, I'm sure. But the concept of it, there is no way that people have just like not been looking after themselves for centuries. So how do you think like, you know, no, a grandmother like, or a grandfather would understand that? I feel like the... Or a grandparent. Yeah. The not looking after yourself thing is a very recent phenomenon. I'm trying to think. Like, I don't... If I think about like my... Like parents' generation and grandparents' generation... I feel like they do look after themselves. Um, I would say, okay, where am I going with this? I think that they don't have this hard division, like you said, about work and life. And they don't mm -hmm. have this like moral sense that you have to be a workaholic and put work first, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think there it was more normal to take breaks, um, maybe because also I imagine like my grandparents and parents generation had like start times for work and end times for work and then would come home and like I remember my mother would watch Jerry Springer or whatever whereas I feel like for me especially because I'm like working all hours and freelancing etc it's just harder to not have boundaries um so I'm, I'm thinking as I'm saying this, so hopefully it's making sense. But I would say that because they had boundaries for their work, um, I feel like then self-care didn't have to be a bounded thing. And it was just what they did with most of their time and how they took care of themselves. Um, yeah. And, and then for us, I would say because we didn't have boundaries for our work, then we had to make boundaries for looking after ourselves. This is my little hypothesis. <laughs> Mm, interesting um, as like a whatsapp doctor but um 
Yes, I would think that they wouldn't have these divisions. Because I remember like my grandfather when he was alive would like every afternoon just go and sit on the um on his favorite chair and yeah. either take a nap outside on the veranda or like listen to the radio um or just read a book you know and this seems so small and it's something that now like if every afternoon i took time to just sit and do nothing i would feel incredibly guilty about um yeah that's yeah i mean i completely agree with you i mean i'm gonna skip my parents generation because i think that there are like other things happening there that aren't maybe as which maybe have like fed into our ideas of work but mm. our grand my grandparents generation what i see what i saw like personally with all of my grandparents uh, for the most part is a life of moderation where they really they really had the life of routine and moderation and so they they were very even if they were in professions that didn't necessarily allow for those kinds of boundaries that you're talking about say with your mom and like you know kind of like things coming to a close at a certain time i mean and some of them did and some of them didn't it was also very self imposed that there was just kind of a lot of balance and balance is great but it's also sometimes you do want to go one way or the other like a little bit extreme and that's okay and that's fine and we kind of i think that the idea of balance is that you allow all you know all kind of extremes as well at some point or the other and balance out one extreme against the other etc etc but i think that was something that i saw with my i mean it's interesting that you say that about your your grandfather because my i had a my grandfather as well used to sit in his rocking chair in the afternoon and do the crossword he and my grandmother used to do the crossword this is of course after they long after since he retired but it didn't seem i mean i'm sure that he had aspects of that in his life because they you're absolutely right they would just kind of take a little bit of time out to just do these little things that i think i think our way of really taking time off is very extreme it's either you are you know really like consciously taking time off and then you're kind of like very stressed about the fact that you've taken time off or it's um uh it's very extreme in the sense that you just go to sleep like i know like for a lot of my friends taking time off just means just <laughs> passing out and being asleep for hours um but to kind of just sit and you know uh have a cup of coffee and read something or uh it's either that or it's binge watching something yeah i don't know that's yeah, yeah. more i think that's a big been a big part of it but also just real real quickly i found the the tweet that i was talking about and i don't i don't know who this person is and like i apologize if they're controversial in like other ways but i just saw this um uh i think their name is angela mayfield and they've written rupaul's been telling us for years if you don't love yourself how the hell are you going to love anybody else and we agreed but then lizzo switched it up in her tiny ass desk concert she said if you can love me you can love yourself and i can't stop thinking about that mm-hmm. one says that the love you give others is false invalid not real love because you don't give it to yourself as well the other says that because you are capable of loving others caring for others you are capable of extending that affection to yourself and deserving too lizzo really just delivered a sermon about grace about how you don't have to be worthy of being loved because the act of loving the mere state of being loved makes you worthy of it it's not hyperbole when i say lizzo is saving lives um, i love that we send it to me definitely Thank oh and the last you. tweet is in the thread is anyway 
Lizzo Steinia's desk concert is 17 minutes long. Her chic highlight is so very fresh and glowy. And this arrangement of juice is so smooth as to border almost on yacht rock. It's so worthwhile and I cried my face off. <laughs> I don't think I've seen her tiny desk concert. So I actually Neither have check I. it out. Yeah, um, I love her. So I, I'm, I'm sad that I haven't watched that yet. But yeah, I will send it to you. Thank you. I was wondering with the grandparent thing, though, do you think that that's necessarily generational or do you think it's just age? Um, because I was wondering, mm. like, what you had said about rituals also being self-care, not rituals, rather routines, but those are similar in some ways. Um, I'm thinking that that's something that I've only started to appreciate and crave recently um so maybe the past year or two i've realized okay i do much better when i have like a routine that i wake up and do this and that and that but when i was younger especially like in boarding school and stuff we did have routines and i hated them mm-hmm. um and i mean i don't so i don't know if it's like generational in terms of like them having routines that incorporate rest if it's age in terms of maybe when we get older then we begin to appreciate um structure more um and like being like thrown around less it could also be maybe when you get older having the control to form your own routines so like me liking the ones i have now versus the ones i had in in boarding school or even like when you're retired being able to like make your own routines and take an afternoon sits versus i don't know sleeping at the end of the day etc yeah um i you're probably so right about that i'm sure that also once you're you know in my grandparents case once your kids were grown and kind of on their own and you've retired you just have this time and it makes sense to kind of section it up and routine it in a way that was comfortable for you but i think the respect and the kind of like um the way they valued their routine was very or or a routine was very generational and from at least from some of the stories i'm told about my um my paternal grandfather i think he was just someone who was like that anyway so that was probably mm-hmm. more like a personality thing or something to do with how he was raised that he was also a very measured man even when he was you know uh before i was ever on the scene when he was younger so you're probably right that that was something that was much more inculcated um uh as they got older but i do think that there was maybe the value or the understanding of how important that was for you for your day was something that existed in generations in a way that i don't think we have now um and a lot of that has to do with the change in our lifestyles and um i'm sure like media i don't know why but i just feel like the digital life has a lot to do with that um but uh, i've i think in the last year have really really learned to value that because even when there were routines that i didn't necessarily in, enjoy or maybe i wasn't even aware that i was in a routine but i did find that if i had something kind of like to keep me going i the busier i was the actually the more the happier i was and the more productive i was and i don't mean busy to the point where i'm like tearing my hair out but just engaged and doing something and you know so i think they maybe valued it more and it was more something that people gravitated towards anyway whereas for us i think it's something we have to work much harder to kind of like have in our day to day lives mm-hmm. 
I was smiling when you were saying that because I'm definitely on the other end of the that extreme of like the busy I am, the happy I am, I thought. But I'm also realizing yeah. lately that it's mostly just the more distracted I am from not being happy. So I'm trying now to be yeah, less busy. Figure out that balance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also, yeah. I guess, feeds into a kind of self-care. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I mean... I've realized that I'm also the type of person who thrives on structure. Like I really, I find it, uh, I feel like you and my sister are much more similar. Like I'm someone who finds it very difficult to create that structure for myself. So the structure has to be a very tangible, very, it's it's why I like university so much. Like I really like being told um, where to be at a certain time because I think just like that whole idea of being obligated to someone else, which I know is terrible, but I mean, it works for me. So I'm not going to argue with it too much, but being obligated to other people, I will I will show up and I will be there and I will be some version of prepared because there are other people involved. Whereas if I was kind of left to my own devices, I would just really not do anything and not feel great about not doing anything. I mean, if I could just not do anything and be fine with it, then it wouldn't be a problem. But I really don't like being... <clears throat> At loose ends. And again, that this year has been great for me from that perspective where I've learned to create routines for myself. So now I know that it, I feel better when I have some sort of structure in place. And I now have some, some level of self-starter within me where I can create that structure and not rely on mm. other people to provide me a blueprint, which I then fit myself into. So I think from, that's been kind of cool from that perspective, at least. Yeah. I think this year also, for me, this year has been cool in terms of um, having open time because like I, like I said before, I'm always super busy. Um, and so it was, at, at least, especially at the beginning when we didn't have much to do because we hadn't adapted to working from home yet. Um, I had like a long period of not having much to do work-wise um, and just figuring out how to fill my days. And then realizing that there were things that I wanted to do and did do that I found enjoyable. And so realizing that I didn't then have to keep like stockpiling work. Um, this was a lesson that I really enjoyed and like I was really trying to keep. I don't know if I have now because maybe it's because I'm a student again, but now I'm suddenly crazy busy again. Um, and so I need to peel back and get back to like having free time and having time to relax. But yeah, that was definitely a lesson that the early lockdown gave me which was like you can not be doing too much and it's also great yeah yeah of course as as we've discussed many times I had the exact opposite <laughs> experience <laughs> where it was like I'm someone who cannot be trusted <laughs> with that kind of time off and I've just gotten a little bit better about it only because I've just been scared <laughs> you know I, I've seen what I'm like when I'm left to my own devices with lots of time on my hands and as a result of what I saw I'm better about, you know, actually using that time in a way that mm. makes me feel good. So, yeah. So, yeah. that is, uh, well, self-care in a nutshell. I mean, there, there's, <laughs> I think there's a portion of it that we're, uh, that we're going to explore again in um, uh, discussing a certain uh, lifestyle brand and a certain Netflix series. We will, our favorite I think person. Yes, our favorite. And then we, we're going to talk about some, I think we'll get into... Uh, our, of course, our other favorite topic, which is uh, colonialism and history. Uh, when we discuss that, I think that will be, that'll be really cool. 
Um, and let's uh, end this episode the way we do every other one. So what has your pop culture moment been this week? And keeping in mind that the week is still the same week, uh, you can <laughs> make something up or you can like talk about your second pop culture moment this week. I, so my second moment is actually something I did last night, but I finally watched Hamilton, um, which came out ages ago. And I just remember it had all of this buzz. And at the time I had just left the US when it premiered. And then I felt like there were all these months of everybody I knew going to see the show on Broadway and just feeling really left out and hearing all of the Same. interviews and blah, blah, blah. And so it's finally come out. Actually, it came out a while ago. I'm even late yeah. given that it came out a while ago, but I finally watched Same. it. Um, but it's such a different moment to watch it in that it doesn't have this, the same effect at all. So at the time, I guess, I don't know, watching the, the show, there's a lot of emphasis on like the immigrant and the immigrant, like Hamilton is an immigrant and he's making all of these changes and it just keeps coming in in the lines, you know, this immigrant, blah, 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 blah. And I can imagine how 2015, 14-ish, um, just having this narrative about like, yeah, look how immigrants contribute to society was revolutionary. Um, I guess post-2016 um, and post a certain president, um, just this idea about like people being worthy because of what they bring to America, um, it has been shown that that doesn't mean anything. Um, not just in America, but also in the UK with Windrush, etc. Um, that this like model immigrant doesn't mean anything at all um so yeah it just like i watched it and instead of having those moments because i could hear the audience cheering um instead of having those moments be like revolutionary for me they were just like oh okay and kind of cringe um <laughs> yeah but yeah it was i i've finally seen it i guess so if there was yeah. any residual fomo from five six years ago it's gone um but now having seen it i don't like i don't yeah. know if it was worth it i mean you you're absolutely i mean this whole idea of something in a specific time because i think lynn manuel miranda who you know wrote produced uh, acted in it etc he had to come out and kind of give some sort of statement because he had to re-look at it it was seen as this kind of like super uh progressive liberal radical uh, production and he actually had to um, release some sort of statement acknowledging um, this in the context of what was happening with the black lives matter movement and uh, the the racial tensions uh, that the that the us has really seen in this last year and i think he had to kind mm -hmm. of not necessarily give an apology but acknowledge um, the history, the people, the historical figures that he was writing about, what their place was in that, um, yeah, and how, yeah. yeah. So I thought, I thought that was particularly interesting. I actually also, I started watching it when it had just, got, I think it, it's, it was put onto a streaming platform, uh, which we're not naming because we're not being paid. Uh, <laughs> a new thing, um, uh, and I was I was watching it, and it was one of those things where I had to stop watching it halfway because of something else came up or something like that, and then I never went back. Which so I do really want to watch the whole thing. I really I thought the music and the the way it was written was re obviously like the marks of someone who was so smart and creative. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely in the in a very different context. Um, 
What yeah, is so your I'm pop culture moment for this this week. Well, I'm I'm like going to cheat and just use a very I mean it's not the same pop culture. I mean, let's be honest, it's the same pop culture <laughs> moment from last week. Um, because I've been binge binge watching This Is Us, and that's all I want to talk about. But it is so good. It's so good. I don't even have anything to say except that. Um, well, I'll I'll tell you something interesting about this season without giving anything away is that they some they managed to incorporate the pandemic in a really, mm-hmm. I mean, it is cheesy, but it's the best kind of cheesy. It, it it's really well done, and I thought that was a very interesting way to address something that was current without um without it feeling forced or you know trying to kind of like hit its mark and be like oh let's let's in- introduce this because it'll be so you know uh yeah. ty- you know uh, topical right now so i i like that um i like that aspect of it a lot so once again this is basically my public plea asking you to please watch it so that we watch, can do this is us. and it's, yeah an episode it's definitely on my list my life okay, is a good. bit crazy until may yes. but well whenever um, we have time yeah we do yeah we yeah. have some time all right um thanks everybody for listening um you can find us as always on Instagram at Common Threadcast. Um, feel free to share our stuff, leave us a, re- a rating or a review, um, send us suggestions for things you'd like us to talk about, etc. Yep, everything she said. And thank you so much for listening and see you next week. Bye. Bye.